I'll rip your arm off. You know what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Why is it called the five-point move? I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys do. The United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. We've got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And with me is my co-host, world champion, Olympic silver medalist and whatever else, Dennis Hall, uh, who is wearing a black crew neck sweatshirt and for some reason or another looks like a jihadist. Hall, this is the week you've been waiting for. It is ranking series tournament week, which begins in approximately a day and a half, two days uh, from Rome, Italy, Matteo Pellicone Memorial. And this is what we spent uh, two and a half episodes of our program speaking about, certainly having you yell about. And here it is. Are you uh, as pumped up as I am? Nah, it's okay. You know, guys will get some good matches. They'll see where they're at and where they're at and come home and hopefully get to work. Are you hanging on the results? Are you nervous about whether or not we come out of there with five guys having a, a decent amount of ranking points for separation at the Pan Am Olympic qualifier? No, I'm not. I'm just being honest. You know what? These guys got to go wrestle at the Olympic qualifier, the Pan Am Olympic qualifier, and they have to be ready for that. They need to be correcting their mistakes. However they do over there is just a test for the Pan Ams. I mean, that's all. That's how you got to look at it. Are, are we making improvement? Are, are we getting better? Are we defending gut wrenches? Are we able to score on top? Can we score on our feet? Are we off-balancing guys, getting guys tired? Pretty simple. It is pretty simple, especially considering that you got a taste of what guys look like from the U.S. Nationals uh, right before Christmas. We did not do a post-Nationals sort of episode. So before I drum it right back to the Matteo Pelicone tournament, the ranking tournament, which our preview just released on Flow regarding that tournament, I want to ask you about the Open there was a lot of stuff that happened at the open. I don't want to rehash all of it because we're three weeks past it, but was there anything in particular that stood out to you? Uh, any kind of, any weight class in particular that stood Just, out to you? Was no, there? not really. Just the depth is getting better. You know, there were a lot of good matches um, to watch. Guys are fighting hard. A lot of guys didn't qualify for the Olympic trials. So, that's tough when, when the numbers on Olympic trials qualifiers are so low. There's guys that are going to be sitting home come April that should be at the trials and getting more matches and preparing for the future. Well, right. And after we're done with this intro here, the guest for this episode is going to be Jamel Johnson, who took fifth at the U.S. Open. And in that fifth, sixth place match, he wrestled Michael Hooker, and that was one of the most violent matches of the last two years, for sure. Anyhow, not the point. The point is, is that going into the tournament, we all talked about 77 and, to a lesser extent, 60 kilos and 87, and those were like the three weight classes. After the tournament, 67 is the weight class that stood out the most. I thought, personally, what did you think, especially since we saw Calvin Germanaro come out of virtually nowhere almost 
to uh, make the final? Yeah, I, I think uh, overall there's a lot of good wrestling in every weight class. You know, right now guys are getting ready and, and trying to put themselves in the best position to make an Olympic team. And hopefully we get the weights qualified at the uh, Pan Am qualif- or Olympic qualifier. Because if we don't, there's even going to be more shift. And what are they going to do at the trials? Are guys going to be able to bump up, bump down? I mean, that's that's all questions that need to be answered. You know, Max made a great point. Um, Max Nowry did. Now, he, uh, he's obviously not going to compete in the Pan Am qualifier. That will fall to Ildar. But Max's point was, he said, one of the reasons essentially why you're rooting for qualification is not just because it's the U.S. and you want everybody to qualify for the damn Olympics, but because it makes the trials better. Like he's like, you don't want to go into a weight class at the trials where the weight's not qualified yet. Nobody's <laughs> you know going to be I mean? at that weight. They're going to all scramble and have to move up or move down. So it's tough. You know, that's why the Olympic qualifier for the Pan Am uh, Pan Ams is super important. And these guys got to be not burnt out, not uh, they got to have rest. They got to be ready. What about Patrick Smith here? What about Pat? I mean, not counting Ellis. You can't count Ellis because Ellis got injured, I guess. Ellis would be the only other Olympic weight guy, I think, who hasn't had a match yet this season, right? So Pat Smith hasn't had a match yet. He hasn't had a match. He's he's done a lot of training. He went to Georgia for that Tbilisi training camp or whatever town it was in. And then he went from there to, you know, Sweden, Scandinavia and somewhere. I think he went to St. Petersburg after that for a bit. And then he came back and he's been home since, you know, whatever, December goes to January camp. And now he's obviously in Italy. Point being, you talked a lot about the competition is overrated and everything else. Well, Pat hasn't had a match yet. And now he's jumping into the ranking tournament. Did he forget how to wrestle is my question. No, he was doing what he should have been doing, training and getting ready. You know, I mean, do the tournaments do anything? The only ones that really count are the Pan Am Olympic qualifier, Olympic trials, and Olympic games. So, I mean, all all the other things are, all the other tournaments are, is where you go overseas, you wrestle guys, you figure out their style, you figure out where you're weak, you make adjustments, you try things in those matches, and you see if it works. Are you getting better or aren't you? Do you got to go back to the drawing board? Okay, well, that's why I brought him up as an example, because you've went crazy about this like two or three times. Is that the exact blueprint you like, is the fact that you have somebody like Pat who hasn't done any tournaments yet, Wednesday morning or Thursday, I don't know which day he Okay, my question to you, does this tournament really matter for Pat Smith? Does it matter in the big scheme of things? (laughs) I don't know if it matters. Does it? You tell me. You tell me if it matters. <laughs> tell me what tournament is the biggest tournament of the year for these guys. The Olympic qualifier Pan Am is the biggest tournament of the year because if they don't qualify, nobody wrestles at the weight class. I was just trying to put you in a good mood to say something nice about, <laughs> nice about Pat. No, he's a good dude. I love him. He's, you know, he's doing the right things. I, I think he was smart. Do you think that there is a good enough break 
after this tournament ends and well actually after this tournament ends you know what happens next right i have no idea well they stay in place the olympic guys they stay in place uh the olympic weight guys they stay in europe because after the tournament in italy they're going to denmark for camp starting next monday the denmark training camp so yeah no, that's okay. good. They're getting practice. They're working on things, and it ain't about the competition. It's about fixing things. I don't okay, have so a problem you come with back that. Fr- you come back from the Denmark camp, let's say, around about January 25, okay? Yep. So you come back from that camp, and then you've got about five weeks or so until the Panem qualifier, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in that neighborhood, you got five weeks. Is that five weeks? Like enough of a like you have enough control over your training plan, enough control over periodization, your rest, everything else. Like, do you think that five weeks is enough time? Like, if you're if you're somebody, especially someone who has competed a lot since the fall, you know, maybe you're somebody who's been overseas a couple times already and has already jumped in three tournaments. Is February enough of a break to kind of reset yourself before the qualifier? You know, I th- I think it is. It's not optimal by any means, but I I think it is. You know, the bottom line is that's what you're given, so you better make it optimal. Because if you don't make it optimal, and you know, you're going to lose at the Pan Am qualifier. So, I mean, these guys got to look at it as you know what, go over there, wrestle, get some good practice in. And then come home and get to work and fix stuff where you're deficient. Okay, do you want to hear something that you will not find surprising in or whatsoever? Yeah, of course. There's no Cubans at the uh, Italian tournament. Oh, surprise, surprise. They're saving their money so they can get to the Pan Am and Pan Am qualifier, Olympic qualifier. Do Do you know what is interesting, though? What? Venezuela has sent guys. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Honestly, I, mean, I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect that as much. It didn't. It doesn't surprise me at all about Cuba. They're saving all their money so they can wrestle at what counts. They're at home training. Yeah, I understand. I get it. Yep, everybody's training. They're focusing. Um, how about Thor Masters? Brady Koontz is wrestling at Thor Masters. He's on the. Uh, he's registered at the very least. And yeah. I want I want to ask you about this. He is uh, registered at fifty five kilos. Yeah, no, he's just going over getting matches and and uh, hopefully you know does well, gets experience. He's got to get more mat time with the foreigners because it's a different style. Yeah, okay, but why fifty five? Why couldn't he get those matches in at sixty? Especially since fifty five is a very light bracket in Thor Masters. Uh, my get my guess is he's weighing light right now and he wants to get some matches where he feels he can compete and uh you know hopefully have a good performance no he's i mean he very well might win the tournament at 55 i would think um or at least be in the argument for sure i think it's it's i mean you understand that thor masters is nordic system right so everybody's guaranteed two matches and and you know whatever low number odd number brackets or whatever it is uh it's round robin practically i think yeah. so uh all right well anyway i just wanted to get your take on that real quick i mean i could have very well reached out to brady myself i suppose uh nevertheless we move on and that is after 
the Pan Am Olympic qualifier is the Olympic trials, and then this all starts to kind of envelop very quickly. Is the timing? Uh, we we didn't talk about this quite quite much. I know where you're going. You're probably trying to get me to go crazy. I'm, I'll, 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 I'll listen. I I'll listen. Do. I'll listen. I'm not trolling you. I'm, I swear <laughs> to you, I'm not. I swear to you, I'm not. No, what I wanted to ask is, there is an interim here. There's only six athletes going to Ottawa to qualify the weight. Yep. Okay. We're going to go ahead and also assume that not all six Olympic athletes will be competing at the Pan Am Championships the week before. Like, let's just assume that one or two of them will not. Okay. Let's just go just right off the bat, assume that. One of I'd them assume them all six ain't, qua- ain't competing at the tournament the week before. Unless the no, guy wants it. Well. You're wrong. I already know. Yeah, that. have fun making weight two weeks in a row. Okay. Well, this is something you kind of have alluded to in the past, and I think you even talked about it a little bit in one of the other episodes recently. But if you're somebody who's, especially somebody who is a serious contender, okay, to win the trials, okay? Yeah. But you are not, you are not, in charge of qualifying the weight in Ottawa. Yep. Is that an advantage for you at, at the trials? Not, not, not even talking about uh, the best of three. If you ain't, if you ain't running around three weeks before the Olympic trials, yeah, it's an advantage. I mean, to me, it would, yeah, it would be an advantage. You know, if you look back at the Olympic trials, how, how many guys that have qualified the weight and done running around have made Olympic teams? I, I don't have the brain energy to go through it right now. Yeah, honestly. I'm just telling you, there, there's a lot of guys that mess up because they're they're so busy make or qualifying the weight class that they're kind of burnt out. And when the trials come, I can just tell you that. Like, do you empathize with the plight of? these athletes in their current situation yeah it sucks having a qualified weight class i mean it's it's stressful it's you know it's on your mind 24 7 because you realize if you don't get the job done you let your country down you let yourself down and then you got to figure out what you're going to do if you're going to move up move down whatever so i mean there's a lot riding on that that day and it's hard. It's it's a lot of stress for the athletes. When you say move up or move down, what are you referring to? Okay, say 60 doesn't qualify, or 66 doesn't qualify. Is the guy going to stay at at 66 and wrestle in the trials? That means nothing, or is he going to go up to 77 and, and wrestle? Or is he going to go down to 60 if he can physically? That's the tough part. We're assuming every weight class is going to qualify. Well, you know what? I In the last few Olympics, not every weight class is qualified. So guys had to make the transition. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's another qualifier after Ottawa. Yeah, well, good luck qualifying there. I mean, not saying it can't be done, but it's still a bugger, man. If you're putting all your eggs in that qualifier... It's tough. I mean, I, I don't know. That, that's the tough part about having Olympic trials so close 
to the Pan Am qualifier. They should do all the Olympic qualifiers first so guys actually know if their weight is qualified for the Olympic Games. Okay. Uh, I concur. And we're going to move to the Jamel Johnson interview in just a second. Are you going to uh, wake up at uh, 3, 4 a.m. Wednesday morning? Nah, I'll watch it later. Will you really? Or are you just saying that? No, I will watch some of the matches later. I'm curious to see how the guys do. Are you very familiar with Jamel Johnson Hall? Yeah, yeah. How would you rank them when it comes to best-looking guys in the sport? Number one, number two, number three? Where do you, where do you put them? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough on that. Represent your team or club with top-quality singlets, board shorts, and two-piece uniforms from BarbarianApparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available. To learn more, stop by BarbarianApparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel. Style everyone notices. Quality everyone respects. Uh, Joining us now is U.S. Marine Corps Greco-Roman athlete and... World Team Trials champion from 2019, Jamel Johnson, who is currently overseas in Italy ahead of this week's ranking series tournament, Matteo Pellicone Memorial. Used to be Sassari City, but it's obviously in Rome, so it's just Matteo Pellicone. That will be on Flow Wrestling bright and early Wednesday morning, and Jamel will be one of, I don't know, it's all national team guys anyway, so... Just about, I think it's like 12 guys or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Well, either way, Jamel, thanks, because I know that you're five, six hours ahead and it's nighttime for you. Probably need to stay up. That way I can sleep a little bit better. Well, fair enough. I obviously have no idea how that works. Uh, The first place where I wanted to go with you regarding your weight class is something that you knew was going to happen. People talked about it. Last year, you guys talked about it last year, and that is it's not just you from the Marine Corps at 67 kilograms. It's your fellow world team member from 2019, Ray Bunker, and it's also Xavier Johnson, who went 67 for the first time in Sweden, which you got a front row seat to that because you wrestled him first round, and uh, then Xavier definitively went 67 at the Nationals last month. So the question people are going to have, especially because of how tight-knit the Marines are, is there any awkwardness about this situation, especially in an Olympic year? No, it's not awkward at all, at least not in my perspective. Like, I mean, we've been training with each other for so long, and, like, you know, when you're training, you're training, or you're practicing or whatever, but then you have your match days, but that's that's why you have your match days to you know compete against each other and stuff like that so you kind of get comfortable competing against each other but you just kind of like leave it at that unless we're doing a, a competition match in the wrestling room usually me and uh xavier we're always like letting it fly like arm throws body locks head locks everything because we like to see what works and what doesn't work 
uh, Bunker, you know, his style, he, he'll push the crap out of you, but you know, he's giving you those looks and we always give each other our best looks, you know? So, but no, I don't think it's awkward, at least not for me. <laughs> so there's no secrets, right? There's no secrets. If you go ahead and wrestle Bunker this year, let's say in a match, cause you haven't wrestled in a match. I don't think since the 18 trials, right? So yeah. there's no, there's nothing up your sleeve. In other words, against Xavier or Bunker, right? I mean, everybody knows each other's stuff. I would figure. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Which is a good thing. I think uh, competing against other people is a great thing, but uh, competing against each other obviously makes it very difficult. But I'd rather for it to be difficult with a teammate than someone else. Well, that's what Xavier said before the nationals. Like he was like, "Look, if I'm gonna lose ever, I'd rather to be a guy from my own room." <laughs> so yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, because like when you train, you know, like we're like brothers, you know, and like when you train with each other day in, day out, and you know, obviously we we want to beat each other, but you know, if one person takes the torch, you know, we're gonna make sure that that guy is backed up, you know, until it's the next time to compete over who's gonna carry the torch, you know. Okay, so sixty-seven is. It's funny, Jamel, because it was never, it was never a discounted weight class. Everybody knows how pumped up and how stacked 67 tends to be, especially internationally. But there was some thought that maybe, you know, with how deep 77 is in the U.S. and how 87 is always packed and everybody always goes crazy over 60, that 67 wasn't getting the same kind of attention heading into this season that it normally might. And instead, you turn around and look and bam, we've got a million good guys at 67 and some new faces as well. Calvin Germanaro, who, I mean, he's not exactly a new face. Kid's been wrestling Greco since he was a, a young kid. Yeah. Uh, Probably but, just you know, as long as I have. <laughs> oh, I mean, grew up in it. and But you also have Nolan Baker, who you've competed against twice already. Then you have some holdovers like Austin Morrow, who you've competed with several times in high leverage matches and we've also got established guys like Jesse Williams and I think even at 67 you went against the uh freestyler Jason Chamberlain oh yeah Chamberlain who, yeah he he impressed me the fact that he was able to hang in there like you know when I say hang in there I mean like he was at, at the very least the one thing you'd say he was ready to grind that impressed me yeah. Well, you wrestled them, and you're just saying, yeah, you're not offering anything back, so we'll just keep moving. <laughs> so. well, it definitely, man, that that tournament, uh, it was a, it was a tough one, man. It was a tough one. Uh, Chamberlain is definitely a great wrestler, and I'm not, you know, taking away from him, but I just that tournament, dude, I did not like the way I wrestled, but you know, I think I had to. I think I needed that for some reason to like align my brain in the right manner but i just didn't like the way i wrestled that tournament uh but at the end of the day i got the job done which was to qualify for the olympic trials you know so like i keep telling myself like, i have to make sure that i keep my head straight because i can't get caught up off of one tournament because i didn't perform in the manner that i thought i should have performed so you don't you like know? the fact that you two won jason chamberlain that's what i'm getting from this 
No, I, I really didn't. But, you know, I know that he's like a, a nationally ranked wrestler, wrestler uh, folk style wrestler and stuff like that. I know he was a tough guy, but even matches that I have with him, the match I have with him, the match I have uh, what is his name? Nolan, the match I had with uh, Hooker. You know, Don't you dare say the Hooker match. Like, the Hooker match has been the centerpiece of my life practically since Texas. And we'll get to that. Like, I mean, <laughs> I've talked to – I told Matt Lindland to make sure he watched that match. Like, I said to him, you have to watch the Jamel Hooker match. Like, you've got to watch it. It's the most violent match of the year. It's not even a close second. Like, they're abs- it's absolutely the most brutal match of the year between two U.S. guys. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> that was absurd. That was absurd. I was but just like, let them throw punches. Just let them for this one match. Just throw the rule book out. <laughs> let them hit each other. Why? What's what? Is the world gonna end? No. Just whatever. Nah. I thought it was gonna get there eventually, man. I really did think that it was gonna get there, but I was like, uh, I just gotta keep calm. I already lost once. I can't. I can't lose again. So. Well, I thought I was going to get there. I enjoyed every bit of it. Well, let me set it up for the audience in case people didn't watch it. The match for – it was essentially the qualifying match for the trials between yes. Jamel Johnson and Michael <laughs> Hooker from the U.S. Nationals last month in December. Uh, it's if you it, it's on flow, but you can go to YouTube, I think, at this point, and it's on YouTube. Uh, because of the agreement they have with USA Wrestling, everything eventually gets uploaded to YouTube. People need to watch that match because it is fantastic. Just fantastic. And what I wonder is, aside from the stakes being so high for that match, and they were high, was it also the fact that you guys had competed against each other recently? Uh, like why it was so physical? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think... Uh... I think to be honest with you, it doesn't. Uh, it didn't matter that we competed in the past, or even, you know, before that. The, the the day before, you know, we did that match. I think literally it was because what weighed on that that match, like whoever won was going to be the last qualifying person from this tournament to go to Olympic trials, and neither one of us wanted to take that loss, you know, and. You know, our our emotions came to a head. You know, and none of us wanted, neither one of us wanted to back down. And plus, it's obviously Marine Army, so that plays a factor of like pride and you know bragging rights and stuff like that. So, and on top of that, being the last qualifier, nobody wants to have to go to the last chance and you know play this scramble game before the Olympic trials come. But I think that's literally why it all that happened. Just it was the last spot, man, and we had to fight over it. <laughs> it was the last spot. There are too many variables involved. It was the fact you guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, you knew each other from your careers, but you wrestled in Hopperanda. You, you wrestled in Texas. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time with each other in Texas. So uh, exactly. And then you throw in the fact that it's a qualifying match, and also that it's Marines Army, Army. Yeah, Marine Corps. Yeah. 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 It's just a terrific uh, match. That was- it was. I enjoyed it. I, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I was like, everybody, like, once we uh, got off the bed, I was like, Did you, were you guys doing that on purpose? I'm like, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're just like, hey, like, we're just going to bump each other real hard and act like we're about to fight. 
and uh, it was fun. Take the leashes off the athletes every once in a while. Like, it, I'm not saying let it devolve into a full-scale brawl, but like if one guy hits a guy and the other guy hits him back, don't penalize him. You know, I mean, but yeah. this is our humanity. Just let it go. Whatever. But they're never going to Everybody so. gets three, three strikes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you expect the scope of competition that there is available at 67 going into this season? Did you, for instance, when last season ended and knowing the implications for this year, did you say to yourself, because I mean, to be honest with you, outside of several of the guys I mentioned before, we didn't expect this. Like, we didn't expect the field to be this crowded. You you look at Ellis, you look at yourself, you look at Tuma, everybody knew that Bunker was coming, and you drill it down a little bit. But the fact that German Arrow and Baker emerged, I don't know if you how to account for Chamberlain. It's like you look around, it's like, man, this is way deeper than we thought it was. Yeah. I mean, only person I accounted for, you know, that would probably, you know, mess things up a little bit was uh, Nolan Baker. I mean, I knew that going into the, what was it? The trials, the world, the world team trials at Raleigh, you know, cause I'd never seen the kid before and I looked him up and I already knew that like, you know, just from like, I, wa- I watched two matches of his and like within those two matches, I think he did like eight headlocks. And I was like, well, this kid is definitely going to headlock somebody. And then I guess he went to the drawing board. <laughs> Understatement. And, yeah. <laughs> he went to the drawing board and uh, perfected a, a little bit more. But I always knew that, you know, and just because, like, when, you, when you're when you coming in like that and, you know, you're beating guys that you're supposedly not supposed to be beating and stuff like that, it's, man, that, that wave is ridiculous because I've, I've ridden that wave before when I was young, too. Also, like, he's, he, his wrestling and he's young, like, Everybody thinks he's supposed to lose, so it's like, you know, like no pressure for him, you know. But, I mean, that's the only one I accounted for. I didn't think about Chamberlain or uh, G. I didn't know that, you know, I always knew that he was good, but, you know, it, it just shows you that as long as you're you're wrestling and you're on your cues, anything can happen. Anything yeah, I, can happen. I think Texas was definitely uh, evidence of that effect, and... To be honest with you, 67 wound up stealing the show completely. I mean, it wound up being the weight class everybody was talking about afterwards. It wasn't 77, aside from Jake Fisher making the final. It wasn't 60. It was 67. 67 showed out, as they say. That's terminology. (laughs) Showed out. Yeah, yeah. Showed out. It was lit. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was definitely – it was definitely something, man. I mean, I'm I'm super proud of Xavier. Obviously, he didn't perform the way he wanted to as well, but hell, he did a lot better than I did. So I'm always happy with that. He had a very, very impressive performance considering the circumstances. A week before that, it didn't seem like it was obvious which way he was going to go, and yeah, he because he's so light. <laughs> He Ridiculous. looks the part. He he does look the part. He looks the. I mean, he doesn't look like he doesn't belong at the weight physically, uh, for sure. Uh, he's just put together so yeah. well. 
But uh, and he also yeah. was part of. I mean, we ranked it one of the best matches of the year, uh, and it's hard to ignore when two guys you know score yeah. twenty points in the first period or whatever the hell it was. But nevertheless, we move on, and it seems like this is going pretty quickly. This seems like I, I I'm sure everybody expected that. It's just everything's moving fast. We everything we all knew it was going to move fast just because the the schedule is so tight and compressed and packed together because the trials are so early. How did that affect your training? Let's say through the latter parts of the summer and through the fall, as far as you know. And I know the Marines. I mean, Captain Dan Miller says it ad nauseum. You know, you train through events. You know, you they're part yeah, of the training. And- I, he's, <laughs> I know it sounds, you know, ridiculous, but it is, man. Like, the only time, like, we focus when, like, I mean, when it all absolutely matters. <laughs> you know, like, sometimes you have to, like, wrestle through a lot of injuries. Well, I wouldn't say injuries. You wrestle through a lot of, you know, bumps and bruises where typically, like, hey, man, I should probably, like, chill out and stuff like that. But, you know during the season it's kind of like we're trying to we're trying to rake in as much training and as much experiences and you know as much travel as we possibly can that way like when the big event comes like obviously we're going to taper and this would be the time where we feel like oh my gosh like I'm ready to wrestle right now you know because we're actually tapering and stuff like that and I think that's you know why at the end of the day we we do so well at those big events because we know when to put all our eggs in one basket, <laughs> to be honest with you. Cause I mean, tournaments, nobody wants to go overseas and, you know, lose absolutely nobody, but you know, going overseas, you're tired, you know, this hurts, that hurts. Sometimes that might be the case going into the world championships, you know, so like you're just, and that's that's part of your practice. That's part of your training. That's why we train through events, you know, so so that you're mentally ready. Sometimes it's not even just about the physical; it's about the mental as well. But yes, 100%, we train through all those events. <laughs> even train. I mean, we train through uh, what is it? Nationals. I mean, it is what it is. It was a tough tournament for me because of it, but you know, I'm mentally stronger <laughs> now. Because I freaked out for a second. What do you mean you freaked out? You you were that bothered by your Oh, show? yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, 100%. I'm, you go into a tournament, rank second, and then you end up placing fifth. I mean, you know, the road to fifth was a weary road because I was like, man, like, you know, you had those, those little laps of judgment. It was like, man, like, am I going to mess this up for myself, you know? And then you have to reel yourself back in and like, Hey, like, come on guy. Like it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. And then you have to make sure that you keep your focus where it needs to be. Like, all right, I, I'm not going to be in the finals, but Hey, I better freaking qualify for the Olympic trials, you know? And then that becomes, that was basically the whole reason of going anyway. So you just try to stay, secure in that and like, all right, I'm going to qualify. I'm going to qualify. I'm going to qualify. No matter if it's first or fifth, I got to qualify. See, and then it comes back to the hooker match again, if only because, I mean, what a match to qualify on. Did the weight of the whole situation just get lifted off your shoulders at least 
for a few minutes after the match? Like, at least I got that done? Oh, 100%. I felt like, uh, I mean, I walked out there feeling like I had bricks on my legs. Like, just because I was like, man, I, was like, I can't drop the ball. And, like, I dropped the ball twice in, in one tournament, you know, and I'm ranked second. I'm supposed to be in the finals. I'm, you know, because, and, and that's another thing that, like, you know, I'm glad I, I had the experience because, you know, that's something that everybody has to get used to. I'm pretty sure Jordan Burroughs is, he's had that moment where, hey, like I'm supposed to be in the finals of the championships, but he has to stay mentally uh, focused and come back and get third. You know, the tournament's not over. And that's what I'm saying that, that you know, nationals was another repetition of, you know, using my mental agility to like stay in the fight and, not drop my pack, you know, like I was like, all right, dude, like, yes, this is freaking tough. And yes, I'm freaking out, but you can do it. You can do it. We're going to make it happen. You go out there, you breathe. Obviously I locked up a whole bunch. Like I didn't score a lot of moves because I was like so scared about messing up, you know, but now that, you know, I'll be at the tournament of the Olympic trials, you know, everybody's letting go. And that's the perfect environment for anybody. So like now the weight's off everybody's shoulders let the best guy win and we could just wrestle and not worry about, you know, so much getting to the show because you want to get, give yourself the opportunity to go to the Olympics. And that was the first step. And I think now that I have the opportunity to go to the Olympics because I'm in the Olympic trials, I'm, I'm fine now. I'm ready to compete. The way you're kind of making it sound is that the nationals was a more, I don't want to say pressurized, but I mean, that's the tone we're using here. A, a more pressurized, I, 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 when I say important, understand that I mean that in relative terms, but almost at least equally important. Like it sounds like getting the nationals out of the way is a bigger deal than just assuming a spot as if it, it yeah. as if it's now liberated you. That's what it sounds like. 100%. 100%. I mean, cause once once you get to the Olympic trials, man, like I've only the last time I competed was uh I think it was like London and, and I think it was my first match against Belkey and I tore my obliques <laughs> and that was the only match I had. I ended up losing that match and uh, I haven't competed in this tournament, even though I know it comes every four years, duh, but I haven't competed in that tournament since I was like nineteen, so you know, I'm just glad that I'm back and I'm giving myself the opportunity to make the Olympic team. Like if I would have lost I wouldn't even have the option to make the Olympic team, you know, and I'm the type of person that like, I just need the opportunity. If I have the opportunity, I'm good with that. But I just needed to create that opportunity for myself at nationals. How does this ranking tournament this week? Now I understand. I, I'm Well, I, I don't understand. Am I assuming you're in for the Denmark camp or no? No. Okay. So you're no, home. Okay. You're flying in for this tournament and flying out. Where does this ranking tournament fit insofar as you're, I mean, not to sound like a dork, but your training goals? Because it's the ranking tournament. Everybody has seen the entry list. It's a ranking tournament. So it's populated with a lot of excellent international athletes. You've been in these kinds of tournaments before. The only difference yeah. is that you're hopping in this kind of tournament during an Olympic year and everything else how are you viewing the ranking tournament in of in and of itself as an isolated event 
and not as just a, another component to your training. And I'm not trying to discount the Marine Corps ethos for training through tournaments. But you yourself, how are you viewing this, what is going to be a highly competitive event this week? Mine is, to be honest with you, like, because I have a style that I'm, I'm trying to accomplish now. And it's going to be like executing that style without like any have um I have to commit to like what I want to do and how I want to win because the style that I've been working on and this tournament is just the commitment of it. Like I've told myself if if it if it's only one match and that's it and I lose or whatever and that guy loses, I'm out. You know, it's not gonna be the end all be all, but I have to commit to this regardless of the results. Like I just need to commit and just start this path that I'm on before I get to the trials. That way, by the time I get to the trials, I'm comfortable with my decisions. When you leave Italy and come home, it'll be, I, I'm going to guess you're coming home somewhere 17th, 18th, somewhere like that, right? 17th. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have about a month or so before Armed Forces. Everybody knows that how important the Armed Forces championships are for our service member athletes and yourself in particular. And here we are. As soon as you get to that tournament, that tournament, that event, it's another very, very intense atmosphere. (laughs) Okay. So how are your individual training goals, peaking goals for trials and stuff, how do they align with preparing for the armed forces when you get back from Italy? I mean, it's almost like a, how would you say? Like, it's almost like just the nature of, of, of this, of this season and in this time, you know, like there's nothing in particular, like, like I said, the same thing I'm doing for this tournament, just committing to like my style that uh, I'm doing now, like, I'm just going to carry that over into armed forces, but obviously, you know, the pressure of like, you know, it's armed forces. Everybody, everybody wants to win. And, and for the military, it's a big pride thing. So, but it's just kind of like the time. I don't even know, man. It's like, I don't know how to like properly put it. It's exciting. Not changing anything. We don't, you know, about, we don't change like the way we train or anything like that. I won't change the way I train or anything like that, but it's just I mean, it's the training, you know, it's like, Oh man, you know, you know, you're counting down the days and thinking about, you know, you know, how you guys are going to be and, and, you know, yelling and, and cheering for each other and maybe saying a few choice words at the other team and stuff like that. But it's just most excitement, not really a lot of change of training. Well, I think we have it. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, the best-looking guy in the United States Greco, Jamel Johnson. <laughs> and that was Jamel Johnson, the best-looking guy in the sport. Okay, so there's a little bit of a backstory behind that. Back at the May Trials, the Raleigh Trials, the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament, I ran a quick Facebook Live from the event just showing guys warming up or whatever, and we saw a few comments from people you know, randoms just like, hey, who is that guy? He's kind of handsome and yada, yada. There were a couple, there were, I think there were probably like two comments like that, maybe. And it was just enough for me to run with. And so I call him that. And uh, other people 
seem to get a kick out of it. I think Jamel gets a kick out of it, and I wouldn't blame him for that. And he, you know what? He really is a handsome guy, if you know what he looks like. More importantly than that, he is a great guy. He is one of our one of our cornerstone athletes in how he conducts himself, how he presents himself, how he communicates, how he's forthright and just kind to everybody. And on top of everything else, he's a legit contender for the Olympic team, spotted 67 kilograms. And whether you hear this before or after Italy, uh, after Italy, he'll have the armed forces and... I think we all know how that goes. We talked about the intensity between he and Hooker, and Jamel talked about the intensity of the Armed Forces Championships, and it's true. The Armed Forces Championships, it doesn't even matter. I mean, the the poor Navy and Air Force teams, they're not full-time teams. They may have some really good athletes, both of those squads, but n- even still, it's nothing like the Marines and the Army in terms of practices, opportunities, resources, and things like that. And it doesn't even matter. Win or lose, even, those bouts between Air Force and Army and Navy and Marines or whatever, they're all intense dual meets. And it's just it's one of the special events we have in this country. So, yeah, that'll be popping up right after pretty much this European trip comes to a close. So that's something to keep an eye on. Hall and I were kind of under the gun recording our intro, our you know pre-session thing that we usually have at the opening of each episode. So in the interest of doing a better job of setting the table for the two tournaments this week, we didn't Hall and I didn't really dig into them so much. The Italy tournament, that's going to be on Flow Wrestling so you can watch it live. Just as importantly, not to sound self-indulgent, of course, our full-scale preview, Five Point Moves, is up on flow as well. Each weight class is broken down, as well as, you know, a gaggle of names internationally in each weight that, you know, you may want to kind of hone in on because it's an international tournament. And these international tournaments where U.S. guys are competing need context, need to know what kind of opposition the U.S. guys are up against. Because it matters. It matters when we talk about these things. Okay? And especially a tournament like Matteo Pelicone, a ranking series tournament, where there are a lot of decorated foreign athletes. Thor Masters. Thor Masters is right on the heels of Pelicone. And we haven't had a situation like that. And you know what? I can't remember when we've had a situation like this. Where... One tournament ends and the next one begins not just right away, the next day. And that's Thor Masters. And the best part about Thor Masters, and I wish other tournaments did this, is that Thor Masters on Friday starts in the afternoon Denmark time. So in the U.S. it's not that convenient perhaps for most people because it's going to start at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. That means what? 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Uh, Springs time, and well, obviously California is another hour after that, so you get the picture. But even still, it's not a 4, 3.30 a.m. kind of wake up, and Thor Masters will get that first session out of the way at 4 p.m. Denmark time, and then the rest of the tournament is all day Saturday, and it's going to be a long one, okay, because Thor Masters observes a Nordic system, so that means... 
pretty much everybody gets two matches. Okay, because it's a pool system. Guys advance through their pools, you know, and it's a great opportunity for some of the younger athletes who don't get overseas quite as much and, you know, get their money's worth competitively. It is a good learning experience for them. And for to be to be quite real about it, we don't even really have that kind of roster for Thor Masters. If anything, we have a very strong roster for Thor Masters. It's not a bunch of inexperienced guys. Let's go through the list here. Let's run this down. Okay, so 55 kilograms is Brady Kuntz. I mentioned Kuntz to Hall because Hall's coached Kuntz and Kuntz. Okay, well, you know, Final X runner-up, World Team Trials Challenge Tournament champ, junior world team member, U23 world team member. It's pretty significant, I would reckon. And then there's Mike Foonfinger at 60 kilograms. I have two national titles in the same year, uh, Final X runner-up. Lenny Merkin, U23 world team member at 67. Alex Sancho, as if he needs any kind of preamble. Alex Sancho in at 67. 77 kilos. Junior world silver, Andrew Berriessa. Tommy Brackett. Alex Mossing, final X runner-up. Spencer Woods, US Open runner-up. Bill Farrell, runner-up. 87 kilos. Carter, Carter Nielsen. One of the most talked about athletes coming out of the Nationals was Carter Nielsen. At 97 kilos, Luke Sheridan. Bam. Luke Sheridan. 130. Heavyweight. Colton Schultz. I mean, this is a significant lineup of U.S. athletes heading into Thor Masters. We released the entry lists for Thor Masters in the Monday Roundup. It's stocked. Stocked very, very considerably. That's interesting to note because, you know, I don't know the distance off the top of my head between Denmark and Rome, Italy. I, I don't know. But you might have figured, hey, Thormasters, the participation is going to kind of take a hit because it's essentially competing with the ranking tournament. No, not really. Uh, what Thormasters has 40 more athletes than the ranking tournament does. There's actually a few now. I don't know if this is actually if this is going to bear out or not, but there are several guys, Felix Baldoff among them, who are registered for both events. No U.S. guys are, but there's a few Scandinavian types who are, and that's where we're at anyway. So Thor Masters the ranking tournament. There's no question; it's more important. We've gone over this. A hundred thousand times, regardless of what Hall thinks, it's an important tournament for the U.S. program. The U.S. program is viewing Matteo Pellicone as a very important tournament. And to be honest with you, in my personal estimation anyway, for good reason. Because we do, as a country, want that separation in the Pan Am brackets. It's not about needing it. It's about wanting it. Okay, anything you can do to kind of set it up a little bit more in your favor to qualify the weight class for Tokyo is probably a good thing. We have five Olympic weight class athletes at ranking series who will be participating in the Pan Am Olympic qualifier. Okay, that is one, two, three, four, five. That is Ildar Hafizov at 60. That is Pat Smith at 77. That is Joe Rao at 87. G'Angelo Tracy Hancock. Actually, it's really Tracy G'Angelo Hancock at 97 kilos. Athlete of the year along with Max Nary. 
And then at heavyweight, of course, Adam Kuhn. So, yes, Matteo Pellicone, if we're going to use the word important, it's more important than Thor Masters. For hardcore Greco fans, Thor Masters is tough, tough, tough to beat. Just tough to beat. Especially if you like the Scandinavian style. There's plenty of athletes from Denmark, Norway, Sweden. Finland, not as much, because Finland had Herman Kerr last week, and uh, they blew it out there. I think they won each weight class, or no, they lost one weight class. I think they took a silver, but nevertheless, anyhow. So that's where we're at. This is a big week. This is a big time of year. January camp just wrapped up. All of a sudden, we're at a week, an anomaly week, where there are not only two tournaments. There are not only two tournaments back-to-back there are not only two tournaments a day apart from each other, but there are two tournaments that are, if you're a Greco fan, if you're a wrestling fan in general, you just can't turn away from. Social media concerns. If you would like to follow Jamel Johnson on social media, he is on Instagram. His username, Junior John 7 just like it sounds, Junior Johns 7, J R J O H N S 7. Hey, I don't know why we do this. It's not intended to be cute. It, it really isn't. If you would like to follow Dennis Hall on Twitter, if you understand how to use the search function, you can type in at Dennis Hall WGW. Tap the follow button if on a smartphone or similar device and you're all set. Would it be a waste of your time? Is me talking about it a waste of your time? Probably. Probably. He's going to eventually use it, folks. He has before. It's been a while. It's been a few years. He does know what it looks like. He understands how it works. And that's it. Yeah. So if you'd like to follow Dennis Hall on Twitter, you can do so at Dennis Hall WGW. And for USA Greco Roman news and athlete perspectives, please go to fivepointmove.com. And as always, follow along on Twitter at 5PTMove. That's it for episode 33, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.